With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Hello, this is Michael Adams from The Truth. On Man's Journey to Find It. And it is September the 6th, 2015. And we have... Uh, opportunity to talk to Johnny Cerucci again. This would be our fifth conversation. Uh, Johnny, once again, as you know, those who've listened to the show, is the author of Illuminati Unmasked. Uh, he has a website called johnnycerucci.com and a, a show um, called uh, Resistant Rising. So Johnny's going to be, once again, uh, giving a lecture on the 27th of September. Um down in Lima, Ohio, concerning his research on the Jesuits, New World Order. Um, and it sounds like a lot of other very interesting things. So we've both been very busy. I've been moving, and my illness is horrendous. And Johnny has been busy doing his research and working and everything else. So I do appreciate the fact that Johnny's been willing to spare a couple hours, or hopefully a couple hours of his time today, to have conversations. So with that, uh, how are you doing, Johnny? I'm doing great, brother. It's always great to hear your voice and be on the show with you. Thanks. So, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to be talking about, it sounds to me like some of the research you've been doing recently, um, past couple of days, not necessarily pertaining to, we originally thought about talking about the, um, the outline of your lecture. We still could probably do that before or after certainly would be a good way of going about it. But uh, it sounds to me like you've been doing some research on Israel and all that, but before we get into that, the inevitable question that will be asked by many, including myself, is uh, your experience with John Phelps. A couple of weeks ago, you had a chance to spend a couple of days with him and uh, I guess bond with him and interact with him. So, um, you know, tell us a little bit about it. Because, it's, it's, you know, first of all, you know, listen, you know, for those of us who have been listening to your show, I mean, let's face it, you know, you've had some frustrations, some anger, some uh, issues with them, and all of a sudden now you're here with them <laughs> talking, so it's fascinating uh, in that aspect alone, so uh, we really want to know what's been going on. So, not to be gossipy, an interesting not, story. But... Not to be gossipy, but just to see how it, things have changed. So. No, let's gossip. Let's gossip. Um, okay. <laughs> so um, it was... Over a year ago, last year, July-ish or so, that uh, I heard Eric on the Hagman and Hagman show. Now, interestingly, that's that's an extremely popular Christian alternative news podcast. Um, Really, as far as that podcast goes, probably one of the most popular in its genre. And I was really shocked. I had a kind of a lightning bolt moment when I heard Eric because Eric came out with all of the usual conspiracies that I was familiar with, except he had some 
very clinical answers to each and every conspiracy in the way of names, places, and dates, and they all trace back to Rome, the Vatican, and the Jesuits. And I had never heard this information before, and I've never heard that level of detail before. Usually on uh, the typical paranormal variety shows that, that are alternative media, It'll, it'll get into, you know, black-eyed children and Nephilim and transhumanism and stuff that tickles your ears, but does not necessarily way, and, give you... And way too much Steve Quell. Try not to slam my buddy Steve, but uh, he's crazy. And uh, uh, he, he is extremely good at uh, entertaining an audience but not giving them very much information. and Master uh, of fear porn, isn't he? A master. Absolutely, absolutely. And whether or not he's capitalized off of that uh, for his own personal gain, I'll leave that up to individual researchers. I know there are a lot of people that accuse him of that. Um, but certainly, if you're listening to Steve, you're not looking at Rome, which I think is probably one of the main reasons why he's as popular. I mean, he is everywhere. He's on the Hagman and Hagman show. When I was listening, he was on every other day, bringing people on. He's been on Coast to Coast. He's been on Alex Jones. So really, um, not that he's taking instructions directly from Rome. Uh, They don't really need to. All they need to do is set up his interviews for him, and he just goes. So um, uh, it really was a, a dramatic change when I heard Eric on the program and on the Hag show and, and coincidentally, I haven't heard him there since, nor have I heard him, heard them discuss the Jesuits since. So it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's part of the rule that uh, every once in a while you have to put the truth out. But when you circulate the truth in all of the other propaganda lies and matrix foolishness, um, unless you're called, unless you have an ear to hear, you don't pick it up. So, I, I had my shocking aha moment. It really goes all the way back to January 16, 1994, when I came to Christ. That was my first real earth-shattering change. And then after that, coming back from Iraq and hearing the so-called conservative talk show host not hit Barack Obama as hard as he, as he could have been hit was my second awakening, moved me into the, to the Alex Jones crowd. And then that third lightning strike was was that moment listening to, to Eric John Phelps on the Hagman program. So previous to that, I've been doing a lot of blogging. Every once in a while, I'd have a column picked up here and there. But Phelps really opened my eyes to these connections, and I took notes, and I looked up his um, accusations, these names, places, and dates, and boy, sure enough, verified just about every single thing that he said. Um, and and here was the kicker. At, at that time, just as, as now, uh, the term Illuminati, the boogeyman Illuminati came up. And for me, it, it really was a, a watershed moment to do my own research, to look up the educational directories in Bavaria and see that uh, Catholic of Jewish descent, Adam Weishaupt, began his Jesuit education at seven years old, continued on with the Jesuits 
eventually began teaching canon law at Jesuit Ingolstadt University. Canon law are the precepts of how Rome conducts her political business. So you don't teach canon law unless you are in tight, you are, have excellent knowledge of, um, of how Rome conducts itself. And I've even heard Joseph Doc Marquis let it slip out that Weishaupt was a, a Jesuit priest himself probably um, made so in secret. Not very many people say that, and, and not even Doc Marquis mentions it very often. Uh, he wants to redirect you. He'll acknowledge the Jesuits, but he'll redirect you back to the boogeyman stuff and black magic and all that stuff. The Jesuits practice that. But for me, it was a watershed moment. How anyone could use the boogeyman of Illuminati and never mentioned the Jesuits when the, the founder of the Illuminati, and certainly there, there are different veins of so-called illumined ones that go all the way back to Chaldea and Babylon, but putting it all together in a powerful political secret society, that was Weishaupt's doing. And anyone that could mention Weishaupt and not mention the Jesuits in the same breath, to me, was either a fraud or uh, criminally negligent in their subject matter. So after that, I began writing and, and uncovering the hand of Rome and all of the uh, I mean, reasons. That, oh, my goodness, uh, Mike, that how often have we as lovers of America been furious and frustrated that we keep losing? No matter who's in power, we keep losing. Uh, the, the, the political parties are all the same. And although they say radically different things. It's so a great example of the stupidity of Ben Carson and Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, they allow these puppets to simply say the things. They beat us down and beat us down and beat us down. And they'll allow a choice puppet to simply say the things we want to hear. And then all of a sudden we poop ourselves and say, oh, my goodness, this is it. This guy is the one. He's going to take care of us. And in reality, it's nothing more than controlled opposition. Um, these individuals will, at best, never be allowed, uh, you know, if they, if they do get come close to the seat of power, they'll never fulfill any of the stuff they're saying. Uh, and the reality is they probably will never come to power. They're just there to fractionalize us. So uh, these answers suddenly popped up for me as I did some digging. The fact that, you know, the House changed power from in 2010 from that hardcore communist, Nancy Pelosi, pro-homosexual, pro-abortion, uh, destroy America as, as, as rapidly as, and fast as she can, turns out her, her mentor is a Jesuit, Stephen J. Privet, president of San Francisco, San Francisco University, and Jesuits love California. They love San Francisco. They've been there ever since the beginning turn over the gavel to John Boner there. And Boner was Jesuit raised in Xavier University. He went to Marion Moeller High School. And uh, uh, Pelosi installed the first Catholic priest. There was a reason, there was a good reason why there weren't any Catholic priests as chaplains in the house. Uh, her, her buddy that uh, kissed her if they passed the, as they passed the gavel off installed the first Jesuit priest as house chaplain. So all of a sudden, why this uh, uh, 
you know, why we keep losing, why the parties never change at all came together. And then I started to see how many people in the supposed communist Muslim administ- Barack Obama administration were Jesuit educated or staunch Catholics. And boy, they, it all came together, man. It all came together. So um, I started writing on this. And, go ahead. That doesn't it's Absolutely. Absolutely. So so started writing seriously on this. And uh shockingly for me, I I had made a connection with uh the editors over at, at Before It's News. And I was um writing about a uh a guy that was here in Pennsylvania, um a Kind of a, a, a whack job that uh, um, was doing some some crazy YouTube videos. Um, Mark uh, Kessler, that was it, Kessler. So uh, I was actually had gone up to visit him. I don't know if anybody remembers him. Uh, he was up there in uh, Schuylkill County there. And uh, Gilberton, he was uh, Gilberton, uh, Pennsylvania. It's like a town of um, three chickens and a dog, I think. And um, he he was up there cutting these YouTube videos, really unprofessional, crazy, off the wall, cursing left and right, and claiming that he was going to protect people against uh, illegal gun control laws. So I, I was thinking, okay, well, maybe he's just a, a redneck. He doesn't know how to con- conduct or comport himself professionally, but he's still has his heart in the right place. So I went up and visited him and went to his range and did some shooting with him. And, uh, you know, it turns out that he's actually been acting on behalf of the, of the federal government uh, because he had uh, really was a, a redneck that was going nowhere and uh, making a paltry sum in that tiny, tiny little town of his had decided to make a name for himself by asking for an... How do you spell his last name? K E S S L E R Kessler. I never. I don't. I don't know if I know him. To be honest with you. That I don't worry. He was here and gone. Uh, he's been fired and had to move on. And um, scary. Rant. It was interestingly. Oh my goodness. You know how we found out that he's a government agent? He told Fox News Alan Combs on Alan Combs' radio show. Now tell me that's not a little bit of pull. <laughs> he was also a frequent guest on the Alex Jones show. So, two major red flags. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. So, um, it turns out that that he was a shill and um, was doing this. And uh, usually, when these shills, uh, they start off in a direction, and then they all of a sudden they get scared because they realize that they're fighting the machine, and then they jump in with the machine. Um, I had personal experience with this in, in, in another way, uh, somebody that tried to cozy in with me, and, and then um, I realized what he was doing, and he was actually writing columns on his website, and, and then he tried to pull me in and said, oh, man, I had a terrible day. It makes me want to get my AK and lock in a drum and go crazy. I'm like, what are you? Are you kidding me? What are you saying, dude? Are you, are you trying did you to? Mind, did you mind mentioning the name for to warn us? In the um, you don't have to. Yeah, let me think about. It. Let me think about it. It's just um, uh, was was an association that the website no longer exists. So, okay. uh, 
He's no longer an expert. I'm not, yeah, I, I'm clearly. Yeah, there's there's, there's so, so many out there, Johnny. If you there are, and honestly, you just got to use Anatoly's nose. Don't 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 get pulled into just saying or doing something stupid. Um, uh, you know, have have courage. Have courage. Say if it if if your government is filled with traitors and you'd like very much to see them thrown from office uh, uh, in whatever way that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Traitors, perverts, and pedophiles. And- absolutely. Oh my goodness, yes. Oh my goodness. And oh. and uh, they're 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 looking to to create instability. And, and I just hope that that. Um, it's a chaos, a fire of chaos that burns them in the process. They, um, they want us to line up against our own, our own police, our own soldiers, the, the idiots that um, are themselves co-opted traitors that break their oaths to protect the Constitution and, and uh, the well-being of the people of the United States. That's what they want. They want to hide behind that, light up a fire, and, and you know, go, go scurry on the ground, the cockroaches they are. So, um, you know, have, continue to have courage to, to make the stand, but don't say anything stupid like I'm going to pack up uh, my AK and go down to the police station. What, what does that do other than to give them cause to call you a terrorist, take you down, uh, you know, and anything else you stood for? So that's what this guy was doing. And I got an in with uh, before it's news, before he outed himself as a whack job and, and, a, and a government agent. And so I used that connection with Before It's News to write some columns on this on this subject matter. And um, really, I, 10 hits here, 20 hits there. Uh, every once in a while, I'll, I'll bump up to 1,000, 2,000, and a really good day for me was 5,000 hits. Oh, I'm so excited. I got 5,000 hits on a, on a column I wrote. Well, uh, I did a column with uh, – I started to do a column with – using this boogeyman term, Illuminati, in the title. And one of those made it up to like 25,000 hits. Now, in, in light of alternative news, that's nothing. You, you, anything until you're a million or so hits. But for me, that was insane. I'd never seen 25,000 hits before. So I thought to myself, you know what? All this time, I've been wasting it, uh, blogging and not getting any coverage. I think it's time to knuckle down. And, and write a book. And, and right after I heard uh, Phelps on the radio, I looked him up, and oh my goodness, he was like right down the street from me. He was like 20 minutes away. So I, I found his um, website and, and emailed him and, um, and didn't hear back. And, and then I found out that he had like some uh, class that he was doing for only a weekend, and it was charging like a uh, two, two grand or something like that. And it was some kind of legal citizenship class or something. And I was like, Oh my, are you kidding me? And so I, you know, that was, that's one of my peeves is, uh, is, is people that either ignore you or, or don't have the mechanism to handle a lot of email. And I know they're out there. It's just, what you got to do is bring in some friends and family. Listen, man, people want to hear from you. People want to connect with it. Take a second and write a sentence. It's not that hard, you know? So I was I was mad that, that he didn't respond, but uh, he lit a fire, man. He absolutely woke me up. And uh, uh, with the success of that one column on, on uh, Before It's News, I said, ah, you know, I'm, I need to knuckle down. I need to put all this information together and write a book. Well, I was uh, full-time in the National Guard at, the t- at that time, absolutely miserable. And there was, I was doing um, um, what's called an ADOS position, active duty occupational support. Now, those... Those run out. They're limited. They're, they're, sometimes they're based on the fiscal year, and 
uh, people in the PA Guard really did everybody wrong. They, they basically laid soldiers off. And so that put me out of work. And I was struggling. I'm like, well, what the heck am I going to do? I put in for, for unemployment. I said, you know what? Now is the perfect time to put all this information together and get this book out. And so I don't, the, the good Lord put his hand on me because I do not have the discipline to write a book, dude. I do not have the stick to But uh, I did, and it was a mess. It was a hodgepodge, and it was hilarious because I wrote the book, my first draft. I wrote it to myself. So in other words, I already know what the information is, and so I'm just telling the information to myself, and I'm doing it with extreme sarcasm, uh, crass language. I'm making really crass jokes. And so uh, I connected with a guy uh, named William Dean. He calls himself William Dean A. Garner. And he wrote a, a, a book about the Jesuits, something like Who, Who Stole Your Gold, something of that nature. And I, and I heard him talking about the Jesuits on a couple of, of shows. Like, wow, this is guy, some, some guy I want to connect with. So he actually has the courage to, to hit this subject. And I found a phone number for him and called him, and he got back in touch with me. I was very surprised because that, that was not my experience. It's not been my experience, period. People that are in the spotlight are, are jerks. They're, they're weirdos and jerks and don't know how to communicate. So uh, work with him. Turns out he says he's a publisher also and has, is an author and a publisher. I just said, well, man, give me a hand with this. Let me, let me uh, work with you, and uh, you know, maybe we can get this book published that I'm putting together. So I, I sent him my draft, and he sent it back. He said, hey, it's, it's a mess. Um, you're all over the place, and I'm not quite sure who your audience is. And I was crushed because that was a lot of work. I mean, like six months of work. And so um, I said, all right, fine. I'll rewrite the darn thing. And oh, my goodness, I rewrote it. It completely rewrote it. I realized that I would – my I was writing to myself, and, and I'm, I'm weird enough as it is. I'm not going to appeal to a broad audience writing to myself. So I, I attempted to write to a broader audience, and that's kind of one of the, one of the secrets. If you want to know the, the way I wrote the original draft, um, go look up one of the 2,000 citations, the chapters. There's so many darn citations, I had to put them in chapter end notes as opposed to uh, book end notes. They're all the notes for the chapter at the end of the chapter. And so all the smart aleck comments um, and uh, somewhat uh, saucy language, they're in the, they're in the chapter notes <laughs> at, the, at the end of each chapter. That's, that was how the, the first draft was, the entire first draft was written. So I rewrote it, sent it back to, um, to William Dean A. Garner, and he sent me back virtually the same criticism. Hey, man, you're all over the place, and you need to rewrite it. Dude, I just spent the past four weeks rewriting it. How many more times am I going to rewrite it? So that smelled kind of fishy to me. It seemed like he just wasn't, didn't want to be bothered. I don't know what reason, what the reason was. Because like you're Christian. Uh, yeah, I, I he's, don't. He's not Christian. He's that's good. absolutely correct. Yeah, he, you're familiar with him. He's, he's, oh, he's yeah. absolutely not, uh, um, he's not a Christian. And uh, so people, unless you have a fire for Jesus Christ, um, you're not going to have the courage to, to hit this topic. This, this is the most, this is the dragon, man. This is the most powerful, evil, malignant entity in the world. It owns everything. It owns all the intelligence agencies, all the drug cartels, all the militaries, all the media, all the, all, all the mainstream alternative media um, can ruin your name, your finances, can really, if, if need be, kill you and get away with it. So uh, I'm even finding that there are Christians I'm not going to mention any names, but uh, Christians who are, are dropping the ball uh, and, and, and not 
I've had, bad, I've, had, I've had bad experiences with them as well. So I mean, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people are just don't have the courage. They're being rewarded for being shills, for tickling people's ears. But I have news for you. Um, the, the law of the watchman on the wall, I want to say it's Ezekiel 33. I've got to look it up real quick. But the law of the watchman on the wall says that uh, if you see a danger and you keep it to yourself, the blood of the victims of that danger is on your head, on your hands. So uh, that's not going to be me. Um, and as a matter of fact, my, my most recent column, why, why do conservatives keep uh, choosing the wrong battles and the wrong enemies, um, it really has to do with that. There, uh, another guy that's in alternative media, alternative Christian media, continues to fight these conservator battles um, and never going after symptom and symptom and symptom and never going after root causes. And so he finally frustrated me, and I had to respond because I was in one of his mass emails. And, uh, yeah, he just sent a mass email saying, put pressure on Bobby Jindal, the good Catholic from New Orleans, about uh, how he's funding Planned Parenthood. Dude, are you serious? That that's going to do something, writing a letter Bobby Jindal? Really? And so why are you fighting these battles, these, these useless uh, no-win battles? And so... Uh, that's part part of my most recent column, and 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 showing how it is that, that all roads lead to Rome. And so, finished the book and and reached out to anybody that I could think of to try and get the darn thing published. And I got crickets, crickets. I, I thought at the time, hey, that guy Tom Horn, he just did a book on the Vatican and the Jesuits and the. Um, uh, he did a book on the final pope who's a Jesuit. He did a book on the, the Vatican, the Jesuits, and the aliens. Did that XO Vatican? Oh, my goodness. And this is right up his alley. Defender Publishing, he'd love this. So I got in touch and got completely blown off. Uh, his, his secretary there, there, Donna, completely blew me off and said, oh, I'm sorry, we're not doing any books right now. We're, we're focusing on our new venture, Skywatch TV, because we're – we're looking at the sky now. We're we're not really looking at Rome. We're looking at the sky. So blindly uh, we're looking at it. <laughs> completely blew me off. Uh, I I have to mention in a great way, not good, not bad. Uh, made a connection with L.A. Marzulli, and he was helpful. God love him. He he uh, spoke with him a couple of times on the phone. He actually um, uh, saw him saw him in person, and he actually gave me a copy of. Uh, uh, the Prophecy, Politics, and the Supernatural, I think, is the title uh, to help me with with my book. Um, but uh, I gave him a, I gave him a uh, a couple of chapters. But when it came to getting published, the guy fell off the map. Um, I mean, the, the first time I talked to him, I said, "Well, it's not really what I do." No, no, what you do is all the Nephilim and aliens and giants and all that stuff. And not exactly silliness. I think it's absolutely legitimate, but it's a sideshow. It has really very little to do. If, if you want to stop the malignancy, if you want to stop the matrix, pull people out of the matrix, uh, pull people out of their slavery, it's not going to be with, with uh, Nephilim and giants. It's going to be understanding that Rome rules the world. Um, but um, when I asked him directly to help me get published, he didn't even bother to respond to me. So uh, helpful to a point. I reached out to World Met Daily. And uh, turns out I got, I got a question for you, and yeah. it was a couple of kind of statement too. Well, first in the statement, I, I'm learning as time goes on um, because uh, you know a lot of these guys. I've 
I've attacked L.A. more recently, but I, you know, there's come to a point. It was like, and I don't know how you see about this, but we're we're both kind of new at this, probably about the same time frame. What we're doing, you know, me doing my show and you doing your book and all this research. That um, how effective is it publicly attacking any of these guys at this point? Probably isn't. Probably caused us more problems. Good. I think we do need us to to expose them about the false teachings that they do, but not necessarily Listen, it's not, not the person. Yeah, sure. No, no, it's not an attack. It's, oh, I, I'm not. Say, I'm not saying you're doing that. Uh, yeah, and, and but, but no. I want to be careful. Sure, sure. I don't want to burn any bridges. I don't want to burn any bridges. I just want to. I just want to recount my personal experiences, and explain how I have been presented with what I perceive as a, as the truth, as an, an incredibly critically important truth. Well, that's, what, that's the next point that I wanted to say, too, is what I'm noticing is a lot of folks get trapped. Um, some of them probably are devout Christians, but it got trapped in the system of um, promoting their own agenda instead of God's agenda. And then, also, and you know, exposing the true enemy and getting back to what you're saying, because I think it happens over and over and over and over again. Uh, that people push this thing or that thing, whatever it may be, instead of what the real problem is, what's on the ground, what we're really facing in reality, and the, you know uh, what we actually can see you know, with our senses and everything else. We have a problem, and that problem does stem from Rome. And, that, and, and here's, here's what... And the Jesuits, and yes. They won't yes. touch it. And I think the reason why, at the end of the day, most of them won't touch it or even know it, Here's here's the problem. Here here's here's the purpose. This is why I am vocal. I, I it's not a personal attack on the names that I mentioned. It's information to give the audience to let them know if you are a subscriber to these individuals, you're going to not get the whole truth. These and here's what's upsetting is these people that I'm mentioning have been presented with the truth in some way, shape, or form and have walked away from it because it scares them, it's not lucrative for them, it's risky for them. Career suicide for them. It's career suicide. But here's, here's the thing. The Lord Jesus Christ said, don't fear the one who can kill the body. Fear the one who can kill the body and throw the soul into fiery hell. There's only one being in the universe that can do that, and that's the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. The, the, the enemy only has as much power as he's given. And when you're presented with the Lord's truth, you either embrace it courageously and espouse it to the best of your ability, or you you walk on in a, as a coward, and I trust me, one out of one people will die at some point in their lifetime. <laughs> you will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and account for your cowardice. That's a message to every single person I've mentioned. And I'm afraid that not to, listen, not to meticulously hit these people up, but let's go back to the last thing I was saying. I, I applied to Wilmot Daily and their bookstore. Well, it turns out that Joseph Farah is a member of the Council for National Policy, which is the Jesuits. run by the Jesuits. It's a, it's a papal front group yeah. of all of the pretenders in the right-wing so-called conservative movement 
to be as impotent as possible, to go out and do nothing but say things that good Americans want to hear and have no action and no results as, uh, in the process. And so um, that's why it's important. That's why Wilna Daily blew me off. That's why I had to self-publish. Uh, I, I went directly through, through Amazon.com and, and uh, used their uh, creative to, to get it out. And, and it was painful. And you know what? Um, I, I also want to say that because no one lifted a finger. I, I reached out to a great many people, um, great many of alternative news people. Um, I will say that, that, um, that, that Vinny Eastwood... Um, radio show guy, YouTube guy, uh, disappointed in him and how he never really reached out to me after the book was written, but he did, he did respond to me and give me a, a, uh, some ideas as to who to go to get published. But really, not many more than that. Nobody else, uh, I, I got nothing. I got no help whatsoever. So it was all me. And uh, so I put the book out. And by the, way, that, by the way, I respect immensely because I know what you're going through, going through. A similar thing with my little show that I do. So, but it's not, you know, publishing a book. But I, I understand all the uh, how the disinterest and the fear that people around you uh, exhibit. So, and um, once again, I wasn't I wasn't accusing you of attacking people. I think we're both at the same point. I think that as we go on with this journey, you start out with this kind of anger, frustration, and the, you see how much of the hypocrisy is out there. And then you find that's a big part of it, man. You, you, you kind of settle down and you say, okay, I'm, I'm in here for the fight. Whoever comes my way and joins me, so be it. You know, we put it in God's hands. And, but I'm putting my faith first and foremost in, uh, in the, oh my God, yeah, the Messiah, Yeshua the Messiah, or, or people call him uh, Jesus Christ. That's where I put my faith in. So, And, you know, it's a funny, funny thing. I don't know if you noticed this, but as we do this and we actually try to serve him the way that obviously he wants us to, it's untraditional and all get out, and unconventional is all get out in a lot of ways. Um, patience, the absolute amount of patience what's, that what's a man. That? Well, we have to develop this patience of just putting it in his hands. What is, what is that patience? Putting our faith and trust in I, I, I know. I have no patience. I have too, but as I say, I've learned so much in the past four years with this, everything going on in my own personal life. It's just like you can find a place. I finally found a place. I don't want to distract us too much, but it's an example, a personal example that's relevant. And all the, so uh, for three and a half years, I've been waiting for the place that would work for me and my son to be close to him and all that kind of stuff. Couldn't find anything. Couldn't find it on Craigslist all the time. Look at all these places. Wasted hundreds of precious hours looking for a place. Finally gave up about a year ago. It says, God, I'm putting it in your hands and whatever happens, whatever's ready. And so it's, it happened his way. And he found the perfect place that a guy in my circumstance could have find. It's not beautiful, but it's, it's functional, practical for a man and his son to raise my son. And I'd be close to him, be able to protect him from all the vices and evils out there in the world. And um, but he put it, you know, in a way and gave me affordable housing that even the state and everyone else. I tried everything, you know, public housing and all that. And um, none of them. I finally realized, you know, it's, it's hopeless. It's, there's only one person to put their trust in in all things, and that is God. So sorry to be so preachy about, it, but then go back to you and your journey. 
know, this whole thing about the book and doing it and not finding anybody to help you, I think it's extremely necessary that it has happened this way because he needs you to have as honest, as open a voice as you possibly can serve him. If you get caught up in all these different groups out there, they have their own expectations of you and will silence you in certain areas, if not completely. I don't know if you, do you recognize that? Brother, that is a brilliant insight, and you better believe that, that uh, mm-hmm. I think that's why the Lord has allowed things to play out the way they did. Um, when you when you have nothing, you're 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 fiercely independent, and you know, man, I've been doing crappy day jobs to pay my bills, and if I have to, I will continue to do crappy day jobs to pay my bills. Uh, I can get by without being beholden to any corrupting influence because I got nothing. So I'm I'm willing to, whenever I step in with someone, I I can go back to nothing in a heartbeat because I know how to do it. I know how to live with nothing. And um, my my wife, God love her, she knows how to put up with me and to how to get me from nothing to nothing and uh, make sure that that the bills are paid in in the process. I think it's really important um, to have that some kind of personal responsibility or relationship with somebody out there in the world, your wife, my son, I have my son, that kind of keeps us grounded and and what's, you know, part of why it's so important, why we're doing it. It's not just for us and our egos. Because, you know, let's face it, you and I, the fact the reason I'm doing what I'm doing or what you're doing, we got pretty strong personalities. And some people would, would... accuse us of being egotistical. <laughs> but it's necessary. No. It's necessary to do what we're doing. If you were just some, you know, weak little wimp, you know, that, uh, you know, just passive person that's just going to conform to everything, what use would Christ have with you? What would our Savior have with you? You know what I mean? You're well, right. Yeah, here's, here's the key. And, and, and having <clears throat> nothing and, and living with nothing you have that that balance, that delicate balance between being able to step up in righteous anger, righteous indignation, but also being just as quick to back down in humility, self-examination, and understanding that you are nothing without Christ, that he provides for you Everything. There are so many things that have occurred outside of my ability to affect the circumstances that it was absolutely clear that Christ was was in on the had the plan. I mean, right down to what color socks I put on every morning. Um, that he's completely in control of everything that goes on. And you're absolutely right. Is that? Oh man, yeah. I, I'd love to to have something take off and be making lots of money and be able to to do this and I <laughs> in between crappy jobs again because my last job just pushed me too far and so here I am back in the start. I'd, I'd love to have for this just for you. You got out of that, huh? I I I hated it. Oh my I know. God. I I, 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 I like when you told me you you were uh, going to join the oh, Walmart team. I'm like. Oh, this is going to oh. last about two or three months at max. You picked it. We're going to have the same personality. I couldn't do it either. I mean, yeah, there's well, you know, it, but but it, it was scary. It was scary because I I, I don't I don't um, uh, get rid of my ability to pay bills lightly. They they really 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 
pushed me to that point. Um, and, and, and so I've been working with an attempt to have something lined up and I don't. So it's, you know, we can get through a couple of weeks and hopefully something will, will appear by then. And I fully expect the next, the next position to be another crappy job. But I continue on and pray diligently and hopefully that maybe the Lord will open a door and, uh, you know, I can go to doing this stuff full time, but I, I don't see it right now. There's no way, you know, unless a wealthy donor pops up out of uh, Djibouti or someplace unforeseen, you know, and says, hey, you know what, you're doing a good job. Let me go ahead and fund you. Um, until then, uh, the, the, and there's a purpose. All of that pain and challenge and trauma, listen, that is the life of a Christian. And that was what the Lord wanted me to do at that time. And I'm sure there's more than enough of pain, challenge, and trial in my future to continue to mature and go in the direction that he wants me to go in. So, um, you know, it, it all, it all serves a purpose. And so getting the book out, uh, I've, I've received some opportunities that I haven't received otherwise. And it's, it is rewarding to say I'm a published author. It's a, sometimes it's just like you said, brother, sometimes it's a little humiliating. You don't have, um, a big name publisher, to go and get you the interviews. Uh, I personally consider being self-published a bit of a strike against me because usually a publisher in the mix means that you are able to sell someone on your writing. However, a publisher in the mix also means that you conform to their agenda too. So it's a little humiliating, but it's a little courageous too at the same time. So it's a mixed bag to be self-published. And, and really, in the end, the success of anyone who is self-published is 100% based on the audience and not based on any uh, deflating or inflating that an artificial big publisher can give you. And so um, since that time, I've, I've made great connections with uh, – wonderful people like you and, and Alan and, and some other great folks had opportunities to do interviews. And I've come across a vein of people that understand the hand of Rome that disclose the Jesuits and, and, and who they are and what they're doing, but they also attack America directly. They want to throw the baby out with the bathwater as opposed to understanding America as the sole superpower with a massive blood-sucking leech called Rome, the whore of Babylon that is riding us as a beast against our will simply because we don't know she's there, as opposed to this idea that Rome was completely behind everything, that happened, created America from the beginning, and is simply riding out our full destiny, which is not true. The Bill of Rights clearly proves that there's no way that Rome had every single step completely and clearly under her agenda and order. The fact that America has a middle class that can own property and defend it with a firearm something that is absolutely unheard of in the annals of human history, uh, that, that is marked by feudalism and slavery. There's no way 
that Rome would allow. And here's proof. When the Jesuits were finally disbanded, that happened in 1773, right before things really heated up here in America. And the Lord granted this country a respite from Satan's special forces. And it wasn't until that, that exact time in 73 when um, uh, uh, Weishaupt began to work on this so-called Illuminati, this uh, basically inside Freemasonic group to manipulate secret societies and Masons because the Jesuits needed that uh, extra little boost they had gone in hiding as a result of being disbanded. So um, that was America's time to be born. And it wasn't until 1814 that they were, that they were reinstated, uh, thanks to the brutal hand of Napoleon, their puppet. So um, these are all proofs to me that show conclusively there has been a vicious battle going on for the hearts of America ever since her founding, and that her founding was, was blessed by the Lord. It absolutely is not completely of Christ, neither is, is it completely of, of Rome. And so there, there's this group out there that wants to push that agenda. And it needlessly alienates people who love America, people like you, me, and, and Alan, and, and Eric, uh, who understands the hand of the whore of Babylon there in Rome, understand the satanic special forces of the Jesuits, but love our country and want to take our country back and believe in America and believe that she can be used for good against the dragon, as opposed to people that want to attack America directly. And like I said, throw the, the baby out with the bathwater. I continue to get very angry and frustrated with these people. And, you know, I don't mean to tick off names, but F. Tilper, Saucy, really uh, apparently Greg Szymanski, a.k.a. Greg Anthony, is kind of subs uh, a subscriber of this. A uh, fan of Tupper Saucy, um, our buddy Walt and and uh, your Gleesman, they're they're all in this camp that that wants to alienate, needlessly alienate Americans. We're already so fractional, so small. Who out there has the the both the knowledge and the courage to speak about the Jesuits, and then of that tiny tiny group will fractionalize us needlessly further by splitting us up into pro and anti-American. I think we can all agree that America is being ridden by the whore of Babylon, that we don't own our country right now. It is our country. In the same way that the devil rules the world, the devil doesn't own the world. We own the world. We are the stewards of the world. The world was stolen by Mystery Babylon, the system. The devil created a system of wealth and militaries and intelligence and media and has used that system to usurp our birthright. Do the same thing here in this country. America is ours. It is our birthright, and it was usurped, taken from us. You have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So it was as a result of anger and frustration with this crowd that uh, I reached out to Eric again. Now, when I first sent Eric a letter, an email, I said, hey, man, you live right down the street. 
Let me take you to the local restaurant here. I want to take him to the to the Bluebird, which is down the other way, and uh, and have dinner with you and talk this stuff. And so um, he didn't respond, but then I heard him on his radio show, and he gave out his his number and said, "Hey, give me a call, and we'll stop by the pub and we'll and we'll talk." I'm like, "What? Why is he doing that?" All right, and maybe, maybe that was. Uh, well, did he actually get the email? Or maybe he was just being gallant and, and offering stuff. I took the number down, and in a moment of anger and frustration, because one thing you can say a lot of things about Eric, you can say he's very misguided on racial separation. Um, uh, he subscribes to kind of a non-Jesuit dispensationalism. Uh, again, I, I, I have to give Eric credit. He errors errors in the side on the side of the direction that I like him erring on. For instance, he's very strong about how good America is. He's very strong about George Washington being a Baptist and um pardon me, he's he's very strong on the good Jewish people and how they have been used and abused by the Papists as a smokescreen. Um I don't go as far as he does. Like I said, he, he subscribes to kind of a non-Jesuit. Actually, there is such a thing, really, because dispensationalism is a, a Jesuit doctrine. But um, Eric still believes very strongly in the nation of Israel, whereas the research I'm doing is showing that Israel has completely, as a corporate body has already fulfilled her prophetic destiny, and we can get into that in a little bit. But um, I don't mind that. I, it, the, the one thing that Eric and I have not discussed, uh, it just hasn't come up. It's, it's going to be a tricky thing to talk to him about is, is the racial separation stuff. And so back up, I, I'm angry and frustrated about all these people attacking America, and, and God bless him, Eric, for, for whatever it is you may think is, are his faults. He loves America. And he has the courage to speak against the Jesuits. And so that, in and of itself, urged me to reach out again, listen to him on the radio show, grab the phone number, call them, uh, told them who I was. No idea if he's tracking anything, if he ever got the first email, anything. Uh, familiar with the book or not, no idea. But um, was blessed to have him return my call. That, that day was uh, my, my day off from Wally World of Hell. It was a Wednesday called me back and uh, told him my situation, told, uh, told him that I got published thanks to him being the impetus for me looking, looking up these topics and these subjects, and, and basically he was my Obi-Wan Kenobi in that sense, and um, told him I'd love to, uh, to sit down with him sometimes. He said, well, by coincidence, I've had a cancellation today. What are you doing tonight? I, I said, uh, uh, Nothing. And so we went out to one of his local haunts there and, and sat down and had dinner together. And I, I was impressed that, again, for, for anything that, that, that I had a preconceived notion about Eric, I showed up with my notebook and pen in hand, and he had a notebook and pen in hand. I'm like, Dude, you're going to take notes from me? Who, who the heck am I? You know? so, uh, and we did, and I really enjoyed the time with him. I did the same way that we're kindred souls, the same way that I enjoy my time with you because we, we know what's going on. And so we sat down, and he's saying things, and I'm taking notes, and I'm saying things, and he's taking notes. So very, uh, I don't know. I mean, really, it's, it's, I, I felt from the beginning when I realized that he was actually, his office is 20 minutes away. His, 
in his home it's 15 minutes away of all the people in the world that that he's the one that woke me up and he's the foremost authority next to a handful of Seventh-day Adventists at least the ones that have that level of coverage that is uh, you can dare say world renowned and I would say the top two names in this field outside of you and I of course are um uh hey okay, i'm not even close so <laughs> <laughs> we're kindred souls brother you and i uh, uh walter walter veith and um and eric john phelps are really and, and honestly for me personally they're the, they, the same guys when i'm not doing anything i look them up and i put their one of the teachings on in the background so that i can continue to learn even when i'm doing something else those are the top two guys that i continue to rely on and so it really felt like that the lord was moving things why he would have me living right down the road from this guy, I, I didn't know. I thought that, okay, look, you know, a lot of times, i got to tell you, brother, I have been set up by spiritual circumstances many, many, many times. So do I think that uh, right around the corner, Eric and I are going to partner up, we're going to be Batman and Robin or something, and, and go around the world again? No, who knows? Who knows? It could be just be the four times I sat down with him, and that's it, and we move on and do our own separate thing. Um, as of now, things are good. Uh, um, I've, I've had a, actually had a, a, a family meal between my family and his family. Great people, wonderful people. Um, we're all a little odd. We we all we're, we're we're we know what's going on. We're outside the matrix, so you know we all we all drink water. I filter my water to get the fluoride out. Um, you know he he tries to stay off grid as well. So we all have our little quirks, but, but in the end, I mean, you know, we give each other hugs. We're warm people where we don't, you know, we're not weirdos. There's a lot of weirdos out there, you know, that uh, it's, it's one thing to learn from someone. It's quite another to be friends with someone, to, to love someone. And, and it's, it's really difficult and painful when you realize there are people out there that can teach you amazing things that are real jerks in real life. They're real weirdos or jerks or whatnot. Um, so, look, that's that's uh, that's where it's at. We've we've had some time together. I, I, he actually is uh, in the midst of another legal battle. His this class that he teaches, um, I love him. I, I don't know how he does it. He's, he he has this weekend long class, and it's it is in I don't know fifteen eight hundred dollars where he teaches people about citizenship and apparently gives them the tools to fight these battles to unplug, to unplug from the IRS, to unplug from the judicial system. And he, he says that there are some, some uh, legal court battles that are going to be redundant. There are some legal battles, some court battles that are going on right now that may bring him a breakthrough or two. But I'll tell you, and I told him this, I'm not ready to step out like that. I know that this whore has me. I know that this demonic system has me. I'm not ready to take a stand and stop paying my taxes um, because I don't believe, listen to me, man, you can have everything on your side. You can completely understand their system. There's no guarantee. They cheat. They do whatever they have to. If they want you in jail, you're done. You're going to jail. It doesn't matter what you know. It doesn't matter how you play their game. And, and, and that's the way I feel right now. And that's essentially what I told Eric. And he respects that. It's, it's just he feels like there's an avenue that he can take where he can play their game and beat them at that. And, and, and I don't have all the details to say 
uh, yay or nay, and, and and his battles on the finish, and that's where he's at right now. Actually, he's waging one of these legal battles. So we're in a, we're in a bit of a hiatus between the two. But the last time he and I talked, we were talking about um, collaborating on on radio stuff and collaborating on writing. To the Lord's hand, if I got to go and pick up another crappy job where I'm spending inordinate amounts of time, that's going to be slow going, and it'll be in the Lord's hands. And uh, I'm ready now, man. I'm ready to fight this battle now, but that's on the Lord's timetable, not my timetable. You're saying something about this weird, strange word, patience. I have to look that up on the Internet. I don't know what that, <laughs> that patience is. I don't have any of it. Um, I think uh, I, God's teaching us that. I think, you know, one of the things he does is he puts guys like us together. Um, because, you know, um, you know like, think about Eric Phelps. We talked about some names here, and I want to talk about it if you don't mind. Because, you know, a lot of these names that you brought up, like Greg Anthony and, and et cetera. You know, these are guys that I've interacted with via uh, through the show and prior to because we have our all understanding of who at least our understanding of the Jesuits, Rome, the Vatican, how it's really our enemy. And, of course, hopefully we all agree on the same thing. That is who our Lord and Savior is. And I know that you and I are, are in agreement on those two areas. And I think those are the most important things. At the end of the day, it comes down to this. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve the true and living God, the triune God? Are you going to serve our uh, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Or are you going to serve this Babylonian system that that Rome has for a very long time been in control of? But um, I really think those are the two important issues. Uh, my view on all these things is to live like Daniel, the Bible, that we have to live in this system, but we don't have to compromise to the point that we compromise our God. I think he's the finest example that is out there. If you want to, first of all, if you want to look at what happens to someone who un, completely unplugs, if you go to uh, thinkrebeat.com and look at, uh, listen to the informer's conversations, this is a man who actually did. He went all the way to uh, Britain and to the Vatican and actually did unplug. And there are dire consequences for doing it. Um, Really, it really is. So if you want to check it out, it's really worth your time. Um, I'm one of those guys, I don't know, we never had a chance to talk about this, but I like Tupper Sauce. I like his work. I hope it doesn't mean that we can't be brothers and all that. I hope that we're deeper in our relationship than whether or not we agree with Tupper Sauce. I know that's somebody that's it's his controversy. I don't hate this country, but I, I, uh, and I what I consider what what I America is. You and I is the people, the salt of the earth that matter. And I think that as far as the political structure of it goes, at the top we're talking about the federal system, if you will, the uh, contracted system. That uh, I, I I don't have much faith in that. I never did, and I you know. I'll, but but that doesn't mean that if enough of us put God first in our lives that we cannot change it and get a constitution that really, you know, in the end, uh, truly represents you and me, Johnny, and really represents our God-given rights, and is not a, a piece of paper that's been turned into the ruling elite as a way of exploiting us. And that's how I see it. Whether I'm right or wrong, I'm certainly humble to be corrected in all this. Um, but, you know, and as far as Greg Anthony goes, you know, he's on my show. Uh, Greg, and, and I know that uh, 
Eric Phelps. In fact, a lot of the folks that are on my show end up having a personal relationship with Eric Phelps. I'm the only one who has yet, yet had that opportunity. I've been holding off on it myself. I probably could because of all these, these, all these folks. But they all have... Um, you know, this it's, it's amazing, Johnny, how they all fall apart. Because the fact of the matter is, first and foremost, this should be the fact that our faith and our love in Jesus Christ, regardless of how one sees things politically, historically, we can differ about those things. You know, at the end of the day, it'll all be fixed. You know what I mean? One of them corrected. Could chance us that you're a little bit right and a little bit wrong, and I am as well. You know what I'm saying? If we stay humble, we'll come to a, a, a more of a realization of that, you know, that we don't know all the answers. But we have to respect each other. Because at the end of the day, we're really in the same battle if we just would wake up enough. I see this over and over again, whether it's our friend Walt or Tom Fress, um, this battle between Greg Anthony and Eric Phelps. Um, what do you think of Greg? I didn't really think. I mean, I talked to him the other day after I listened to your show Thursday. And I asked him, you know, he said a couple of things. I said, you know, I want to know the truth. I just talked to Greg about, you know, whether he's a Roman Catholic. You know, the impression is a lot of people other think he's Roman Catholic. But he's, I don't think he's no more of a Roman Catholic than you are, Johnny. He was raised a Roman Catholic, and he moved on. He's never had a private conversation with the Pope that he says. And that uh, as far as being saved, I don't know, any more than, you know, I, you're a flawed man. I'm a flawed man. Eric Phelps is a flawed man. We're all flawed men. You know, I mean, you and I and everybody, we could put, you could point fingers at me all day and find one thing after another. I'm sure I can do that. I mean, you're more of an open book. I definitely can find it. You can bring it right out. Uh, Eric is, too. We're all flawed. I think God he uses flawed men like you and I that are so imperfect to share the message because God really wants to know who really wants to know the truth. Who's willing to, to weed out all the controversy, all the you know the flaws, the errors, the, the uh, you know we're all fallen men, and you know do you really want to know the truth? Now, do you really want to follow the way, the truth, and life? Do you really want our, our Lord and Savior? Most people do not want it. Even those who call themselves Christians, for you and I to even get to this point, that means that I believe strongly that the Spirit of God is moving in you and me and to guide us, to correct us, to purge us, to learn how to love two brothers in Christ, and actually might have differing views when it comes to how the world is. And can we do that? Are we willing to do that? Do we care enough to do that? Do we care enough about Christ to do that? I don't know if that makes any sense. And I'm not, yeah, sure. I, I'm not attacking you at all. I really think, that, you know, like this whole thing, and when I bring up Greg Anthony, and I know we're all, you and I are new, so we're being heavily influenced by these guys who have walked this path longer, than this, whether it's Greg Anthony or Tom Fress or uh, uh, Eric Phelps. This is a natural thing that happens. And, you know, we're the new kids on the block. We're the next generation of this stuff. Are we going to stay committed to our, our Lord and Savior committed to the battle of who your true enemy is, because this is how the enemy has been winning. Because you and I might differ on one or a few aspects of life that you feel and I feel are very important, but are they really that more important than our Savior? Are they really that important 
or more important than exposing the biblical historical antichrist is causing all these problems. You know what I'm saying? And I feel it's really heartbreaking. Uh, you know, you guys, you and Alan talked a little bit about it, but I'm seeing it. You and I are kind of like same kind of time period coming into this, being influenced by these uh, folks who've been doing it longer. And there's another guy, John Daniels. And these guys, it's so sad to see us all battling against each other. And it's, I really believe Satan... And the satanic system is using that to keep us from fighting the good fight, serving our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and disposing the enemy. So we, we, we get bogged down in history, we get bogged down in how you might see how the America is, how I see it. You, you might say, well, I don't love America, or I might say, well, you're confused. Or, you know, all these things are there. The truth is, I believe from your own speaking that you really do care about this country. I do, too. You might see it differently. I, when I see America, I no longer it's not about the government. I see a guy like you as America. You're a great example of America. You really are, because you're speaking your opinions. You're speaking the truth. You're speaking. You're sharing your love and passion for Christ and exposing the biblical historical antichrist. You are a member of the body of Christ, and you are the salt of the earth. That's what makes this country great. You make it great. A guy like me, I, I hopefully I make it great. Does that make sense? I'm sorry to be preachy about it. No, 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 man. But no, it's, it's absolutely, uh, absolutely spot on. I, I will say that um, I can humble myself even more quickly than I can get um, angry, and it's important to do that. I love you, brother. I love you. I love listening to your show. Even you know. Oh, your flaws. You know, I'm a flawed man, too. If we got together, we'd be two men flawed. <laughs> but we would be exposing the Antichrist, and we'd be praising our Lord. Hey! And, and, and we're real. <laughs> and and, and, and we're, we're real. And it's important. I know that um, um, I've actually had correspondence with, with people in my audience, a lot of – well, not a lot. I, I've had a handful of people give me a hard time about uh, using coarse language on my show, which I – Carefully edit out. I bleep it out. It takes a lot of effort to do that. It's probably take more effort to uh, to keep my tongue. But it's just me and 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 who I am. So and it's such a small I'm a passionate. Part. It's a small part. It is a small part. But it's 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 it, it is a flaw. And it's it's like you say. We're we're all flawed individuals. And it really does boil down. I, I think you're spot on. It really does boil down to two things. Do you? Is Jesus Christ, Jesus, Jesus Christos, is he your King of Kings, your Lord of Lords? And do you understand the mechanism that the adversary uses to rule the world? And that's, that's Rome. You know who your, your leader is and you know who your enemy is. There you go. Let's get together. Let's bond together. I can easily humble myself. Uh, that's why I'm very, very careful when I talk about people, I, there's no reason to attack them personally. There's just a reason to pick out actions or things that people have said and say, hey, you know what? I don't agree with that. Or, or you know what? The, this lack of action has been a problem. This lack of that conviction on this issue no, has been a problem. That's for sure. The lack of action. No, lack of conviction. You're absolutely right about that. 
I don't listen. I don't know. Uh, we do. Uh, we I, do. We, as the newer blood of this, we do need to take it to the next level of being more proactive with this whole situation instead of just yeah. an intellectual exercise. Yeah, I, I brought this up before. There's a uh, how we go about that at this point. I don't know. We got to really get close with God and, and, and really, you know, let Him direct us. How that's going to be. Amen. Amen. But we do we do that by staying so fixated on Christ, focused on Christ, um, and living Him to the fullest. Uh, it's one of the few things that that uh, Jesuit directed, Jesuit educated Mel Gibson did for us with that uh, movie, The Passion of the Christ. When when you actually watch that pretty pretty real. Uh, depicting of the the scourging and, and crucifixion, uh, it, it's sobering, and it should be sobering of of what our Lord did to purchase us, and therefore He said, you know, if if they do this to the Master, what do you think they're going to do to the servant? Well, if, if you haven't, and I've said this before, if you haven't had the the flesh flayed off your back and railroad spikes driven into your hands and feet, then you're doing pretty good. Um, therefore, it's time for you to take it up a notch. And, and that's all that I ask people is, is to live Christ to that degree. And if you're living Christ to that degree, it only takes a second. Look, I, uh, I don't know, I, I don't mean to speak ill of, um, of Greg Anthony. I, I don't know Greg Anthony. I never spoke to him. I would talk to him in a heartbeat. Yeah, because, I would. Uh, I, I talked to him. He said that he would. He probably he would have you on your show, most likely. I would love to. I don't mean to speak ill. I, I, I absolutely... Uh, I think there's, a, there's some bad blood going on between him and, and, and Eric. I mean, it sounds like in the beginning uh, they were really close and tight, but as time went on, these differences got in the way. And you and I and folks like us are in this uh, next, you know, this next generation of fighting the enemy, we got to learn how to let us uh, put aside our differences. It's this simple. It's this simple. We understand. Yeah. Listen, this is it, brother. This is the big game. All the marbles. I, I, there are times in the wee hours of the morning when I am counting the cost, and um, that's when I that's when I I really have to search and 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 grasp a hold of my relationship with Jesus Christ because this system is as close to all powerful as it, as it gets. This this demonic Chaldean system really does have as much authority as is possibly allowed. And to fight this is, is intimidating, and you should be intimidated, and, and you should not necessarily be fearful, but you really need to understand what it is that you're doing. So that in mind, I, I, I stay fixated and focused on Christ. And, um, and I, I brought this example up before. I think it's worth mentioning again. There's a 2014 movie called Deliver Us from Evil with, with Eric Bana in it, where it's kind of like a... Uh, not a grade D. It's it's more of a, a, a of a mainstream movie. It's just getting a lot of coverage. Uh, horror flick of of a demon possession, and of course the hero there is a Jesuit priest, a real hip, cool, grizzled, smokes and drinks Jesuit priest, and he's trying to get this backslidden Catholic cop to come back to the fold. And so they're going to do battle with this uh, um, their their. Uh, 
the nemesis, this um, demon-possessed guy they've been tracking down. They finally got him, and and so they're going to do battle with him, and the Jesuit priest says, well, listen, you need to confess your sins to me. And and the backslidden Catholic cop says, why? I don't have to bother with that. No, because he knows what your flaws are. He knows what your sins are, and he's going to use them against you. And that's exactly, that's the, nobody knows the devil better than the Jesuits. That's exactly how it works. The devil knows, are you arrogant? Are you prideful? Are you intractable? Do you get literally conservative? I hate that word, conservative. Are you stuck in the mud like a true conservative? Will, will you not humble yourself? I can't tell you, brother, this year I have changed more than I have since coming to Christ. I, I won't compare anything to coming to Christ, but since coming to Christ, this is the most I've changed. Um, in, in my views and how I've been able to see things. And I'll tell you, once you're able to, once you have this worldview, it feeds on itself and you're able to receive more and more of your reality. As you pop your head up out of the matrix, suddenly so many more things are made available to you because you're now capable of receiving them. And, and that's why I've, I've changed, changed so radically. It really started with, uh, with Eric putting me on the road to understanding who the enemy is, who the whore of Babylon is, who Roman is. We owe him a, you know, a, a, an immense amount of gratitude, even though we might disagree on some fundamental issues. The fact of the matter is the man did educate us. Uh, has been educating us on who the Jesuits are, and so we do. And have so many of the other guys, all the other guys yeah. have contributed something. Greg, God love him, I've, I've uh, uh, spent many a night listening to Greg on, uh, on uh, reposted on YouTube on his, his radio show, and he does a phenomenal job. I, I am concerned if he's, if he's not born again, I absolutely think that's the best protection. You absolutely need that. Can't go forward. This is the most dangerous job ever, ever, um, since the fall of man, since since the devil shared the Garden of Eden with Adam, it's the most dangerous job is is to go against him. And so, uh, but uh, they're all every one of them. Even Walt, you mentioned John Dangle. I have uh, uh, copious citations from John's book, and I, if I'm not mistaken, isn't his book um, Grand Design Exposed as well? Oh yeah, and then those all those guys had a big falling and out. I've I've had my falling out. We do have like a strong personality. I, I, one thing I've observed about the man that God chooses to share this message, an extremely strong personality. And we do, I mean, I, I you say you wrestle with anger issues. I do too. You hear it in times in my, my show, I end up saying things I wish I wouldn't, but, but my show is by very sharing with people. So I usually, a lot of times I stick my foot in my mouth and then the next time I come around, I go, you know, I did it again. I'm sorry, folks. But here you are, it's, I'm your open book. And not because it's about me, but because I'm sharing my journey. But I, it's a fascinatingly and disturbingly and, uh, and uh, so frustrating thing about how we fall out with each other. We do, all of us. You know, it's it's like, the, the devil knows exactly how to get at our pride. And, and honestly, he does it because he takes a little bit of error that we may mistakenly believe in or we know that we have found in someone else and say, wait a minute, you can't live with that little bit of error. That's causing problems. And, and I'll tell you, whether or not people um, 
needlessly I, I honestly think it's it's a needless bone of contention to argue that America has been in the hip pocket of Rome from the very beginning. I don't think it's necessary to go even to that point to have that as an issue. But it's important to me, and that's what the Lord has allowed, and that's what I think what the devil has exploited um, as a point of contention. We allow our, our pride to get our hackles up, and we need to separate. Walt, uh, Walt Weiss, God bless him, he had this great woodcut that he showed in his PowerPoint, and it was a, a cartoon, a 16th century cartoon of um, Martin Luther pulling on the ear of the Pope. And on the other side is John Calvin pulling on the other ear. And reaching around in front of the Pope to pull on Calvin's beard was Martin Luther's other hand. <laughs> Even back then... Even back then, two of the greatest names of the Reformation, John Calvin and Martin Luther, fought dramatically so, and almost assuredly weakened their position because they had falling out, falling out based on issues, well, deserved issues, but probably issues that were spun out of control based on pride. So, oh um, yeah, I mean that's clear. I mean I did a show way back when with uh, Tom Fress and and and. and um, Glissman, Yerk, Yerk Glissman, and Walt, and uh, was it, was it, Wayne Michaels from Avenue Light. These are the guys that started out with me, and I no longer with any of those guys. And it started out the, the reason why there was, you know, why the Protestants didn't take it all the way. They they deduced that it was because of the Sabbath. I deduced not short after that show that what you're just talking about is the reason why we have not been able to take it all the way. We cannot unify on the two most important things that matter. Who our Lord and Savior is, who God is, and who our enemy is. If we just stay unified in that, regardless of our differences, of how we see other things, we could have success. But until we're willing to humble ourselves and say, listen, well, Mike please this, and he's probably wrong. I see he's wrong. I'm going to temper, temper down my uh, anger, my issues. Because, you know, we all go through this. We, we're talking, you know, we're by ourselves. We start having this argument with this imaginative argument with the other person, that kind of thing. Thinking that the person is our enemy. And really, it's just a point of view. At, at the end of the day, um, it could have really significant impact or not. But God has allowed us to have differences of point of view. If those differences of point of view were not there a few hundred years ago, this country never would have been created. And if we want to take it to the next level, we need to allow each other to have differences of point of view as long as those truly essential issues are compromised. For some reason, we just can't let go of the fact. You know, if somebody wants to believe in the Sabbath to keep it, I was on the show earlier this week, and the guy brought it up, and I said, listen, if you want to do it, do it. But the Bible says clear that we're not supposed to judge ourselves, each other, on Sabbaths and new moons and etc. Yeah, there's shadows of things to come. But you know what? If you want to do that, cool. Don't think you're more of a Christian than I am. If you see something about you know how how you passionately feel about the country, you know you have that right. I give you that right. You probably have a lot of things that are right about what you're saying. But if we're going to compromise each other to the point, 
And it's, it's the real issue. We cannot unify. That's what Satan's been using. So we 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 uh, we grab at straws and and poke fun at each other and and, and fight each other. And that's how this the satanic this this Jesuit satanic system has kept us at bay because in their system there is no compromise, there is no freedom of conscience and and, and the thought. You do exactly what the Jesuit general says in the, in leadership, or you're out. That's the way it is. Do we really want that? I don't think so. As true followers of our of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I don't think we want that system. But that's the system that we're fighting against, and that's the reason why they are so successful at it and why we are failing desperately. Not I, could be I, could be, I could be absolutely wrong, Johnny. Please tell me if I am. Please correct me, but it seems to me that's the case at this point. Absolutely, no, no, absolutely right. You're, you're, you're spot on. Division is the most powerful tool of the enemy. And, um, excuse me, it's exacerbated its its primary wedge is pride humility self um, the ability to examine yourself and balance really are the keys to making important connections and to working together with someone um Part of it, too, is, Johnny, is that we never learned what it really means to have a loving uh, relationship in the name of Christ with our fellow brothers, what that even means. You know what I mean? So I think this place, a lot of it's growing pains. I see myself constantly putting my foot in my mouth, even saying things about other people that I wish later that I didn't do because it really didn't matter that much. And it really was not about uh, loving my brother in Christ, but it was really about my ego, my pride, and my own justification. And it's really disturbing to see that in myself. As you say, if you bring it up, you know, there's the old saying, there's one finger pointing at that your, your supposed enemy, your brother, but there's three pointing back at you. Why are you so angry at that person? Because it was something they say or done. You know, you know what? John, Eric John Phelps, you know what? He's 80% right in my book. It could be 90 or it could be 70, but he's 80% in my book. And that 20% should not be a reason for me not to listen to him, not to share his message. You know, or like a guy like you, it seems about 85 to 90% in my book. Is that a reason why not to You might see me on 30% right. You know, but does it matter? Can we combine, you know, you know, be brothers in that which we agree in? And once again, with the two most important issues, I hate to be redundant. You know who our King of Kings is, Lord of Lords, and who our enemy is. The differences become so small, my dude. Once you get to that point, if you're willing to do that, but you hear this argument all the time. Well, you got to be with people that are equally yoked. Well, what is the equally yoked part? That's the most important. That's the confusion that I keep seeing over and over again. Yeah. How, how do you how do you measure that? There's only we've already discussed how you measure that. The, the only important thing is that you are 100% for Christ. You're living Christ to the fullest with all of the courage that you have to make the sacrifices for Christ that are necessary, right on down to your own preconceived notions. That's the first part. The second part is understand 
who your enemy is. If you know who it is that you're, you're with, Jesus Christ, and you know who your enemy is, that's all you need to bond with someone. And you could uh, have friendly discussions about disagreements later. And, and you know, then you can break down into really how important are these issues. And, and, and again, like I said, humility and balance are the key to everything because that's what the Jesuits and their master, uh, the devil, use to work against people. They love to use emotion. They love to take emotion and push things out of balance. They'll use your pride and arrogance to push you out of balance. A great example is this Sabbath issue. Now, um, because the Adventists are so strong on helping us to see who the enemy is, and because this is a central tenet of Seventh-day Adventism, this issue comes up quite a lot. So um, I have seen a, a very compelling teaching by, by Walt Weiss on the difference between um, the foundational law that the Lord wrote on the, the tablets of stone with his own finger and the ceremonial law that Moses wrote. The tablets went into the ark. The ceremonial law went outside the ark. And so as part of the Ten Commandments, the keeping the Sabbath is there. Now, if I'm not mistaken, um, the day the Sabbath falls on is not in the original commandment. It's just you're supposed to understand that it happened to fall on the seventh day. That passage in Colossians 2.16 um, really tells you that everything that you do, all the feasts and the Sabbaths and the new moons and all that, um, anything that you do is meant to honor Jesus Christ. And so an over-legal um, adherence to the Seventh-day Sabbath could be more of a stumbling block than it is helpful. But I understand their dedication to it, and there's no arguing, brother, that Rome has completely changed the calendar. Rome has put off celebrating the Sabbath on the seventh day or the first day. Um, you know, the, 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 the calendar is, has been changed by a Jesuit by the name of Christopher Claudius, our, our present-day Gregorian calendar. The calendar before him was a, was a calendar created by Julius Caesar, another Roman. So there's no doubt, there's no arguing that Rome has given us changes, as Daniel predicted, times and epochs, and even laws. And to some degree, uh, there, there was a time where blue laws dictated that you will honor the first day. So they really, I think they go a little crazy with it. Um, the idea that if you don't honor their Sunday Sabbath, that you'll be killed, and that's really the mark of the beast. Eh, I don't need to go that far, and I certainly don't need to start an argument over it. Um, really, more often than not, I'm, I'm persuaded by a lot of what uh, um, Professor Weitz uh, says on it, but uh, I'm not about to become an Adventist. I'm not about to... Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, start saying that Ellen G. White is an amazing prophetess and start quoting her, the great controversy. I, 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 honestly, I can't help but see the similarities between the Pearl of Great Price and, and, and Joseph Smith and the great controversy uh, and, and, and Ellen G. White. I honestly think that uh, the Adventists were another Luciferian-created messianic offshoot in the same way the Mormonism has been. However, they have been risen. The Lord is tickled 
to take something that the Luciferians have done and turn it against the very system. And now they are the, the premier sect of Protestant Christianity teaching some amazing truths. So, uh, no, I'm not ready to start calling myself an Adventist. I just respect them. I'm grateful to them. And, and I'll tell you, I would, um, I would go meet with Professor Vies. I, I, I do. In fact, I, I gave a call to, um, what is it? It's uh, Amazing Discoveries is their ministry where they do everything. I call them left a message, hey, I would love to help organize a, a joint uh, speaking engagement. We'll, we'll bring whoever I can grab up to, to bring in a new audience to this, um, this realm of uh, the uh, revival of the Protestant Reformation and, and understanding who our enemies are. And there's so much common ground that we can, that we can meet on. Uh, I, I really, you know, weren't you the one that introduced me to that kid, Chris, that Liquid Smooth on YouTube? I don't know if I introduced you to, but we sort of had a conversation. And yeah, uh, and, and I gave him so, an interview, and then a couple of weeks later, he did a show about me, telling, and he really went out on the warpath and attacked me. And it was all about the Sabbath, by the way, and the fact that yeah, I didn't agree with it. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm thinking, you know, there's a, there's a difference between someone who was sincerely fighting the good fight and someone that is an insurgent. And so we have to be wary. The only place that we can break fellowship with someone is when they're doing more harm than good. And we have to ask and pray for guidance, ask for Anatoly's nose, and ask the Lord to intervene for us so that we can find these insurgents, smoke them out, and, and break fellowship with them so they don't, we can minimize and mitigate the damage that they do. He's attacked, uh, this kid Chris has, I'll tell you, he has a really unpolished, unprofessional, you know, he really seems like a real guy. He comes across as just a regular guy, and that makes it very persuasive when he attacks people like you and, and, and Eric, and needlessly so, needlessly so. Once this uh, you know, attack you over the Sabbath and attack Eric over the Civil War. And then and that video I just sent you of his latest video he put out about how the Jesuits in the Vatican own the Democrats, but they don't own the Republicans? <laughs> really? Do you really want me to buy that? And it was an extremely sophisticated attack because he understood that Taney was the first Democrat to join the Supreme Court. Really? Now, you're a burnout kid out of your apartment doing videos, but you have the research to look that up, and you know what's going on. So you're going to use that as proof about how the Democrats are controlled, but this guy, Donald Trump, he's a good guy. We're going to fall in with him. And now Jerry Corsi, good Catholic that went over to investigate uh, Obama's birth certificate in Kenya. Bravely, he'll investigate HSBC and live to tell the tale. He'll investigate Obama in Kenya and be supposed to be jailed and live to tell the tale. Is there Joe, uh, Joe Farah's main man over there at Walnut Daily? And now Jerry Corsi's going on Alex Jones talking about, wow, previous to this, uh, uh, Trump has uh, been trying to derail us from Obama's book. But now he's the real deal. Now Trump is the real deal. We all need to get behind him. And I'll say that on Alex Jones. Really? Really? So basically, that's the latest distraction. Those are the people that I'm not going to, to fellowship with. Those are the people that are clearly trying to do more harm than good and, and um, you know, needlessly attacking people within our, our small group, like that, uh, that kid Chris on YouTube. 
Um, there are some things that you can criticize someone for, and then there are some things that, like you're saying, man, it, it's 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 not worth it. Let's just yeah, focus well, got, on. The there's point. a lot of things you could criticize about me. I mean, really. I mean, and I understand there's been a few things out there, but yeah, there's a lot of things that justifiably. But I hope that that's my hope. That's my real hope in all this. I can find that you know a core of men that are still they have, really have faith in Jesus Christ and know who the enemy is. Because you know, if we do that, I mean, all it takes is a core. It doesn't take that many, but so few of us. I mean, that's an exaggeration. When I say so few, we're talking handful now. They just can get together, talk to each other like we're doing right now, show some respect to each other, respect to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who the, identify who the enemy is, support each other in this battle, the true battle, and forgive us, each other, for our well, maybe true fault, flaws and those that we perceive to be flaws, and just say, you know what? The guy might be a screwball. He might not know everything. He might be an idiot, but he believes in the Lord of Lords or King of Kings, Yeshua the Messiah. We're on the same side that really matters, and we know who our enemy is. So, if we could just do that, regardless of our indifference, you know, our differences of how we want to see the world, how we think the world should be, we will have produce so much mileage. And make a big dent in what's going on. But if we do not do that, we're hopelessly divided or issues that in the end day we can't really change much without being unified. You know what I'm saying? We can't change anything that's going on unless you and I, Johnny, are unified in our, the battle, in our King of Kings. We can't change anything. We're just fighting each other. Just, I know being redundant, we said this now uh, for the past half an hour at least, so we're okay, but it's such an important issue. It's the issue of our day, of our little group, of what the real issue is for us. If we're going to take the next level, we're going to have to learn how to respect and love each other to the best of our ability, hand it over to God, and let's fight the good fight. You know what I mean? So, That's spot on, bro. That's spot on. And honestly, every time I do my show, I'm, whether I'm sticking my foot in my mouth or not, I am making a conscious decision. Never to say anything that I wouldn't want that person to look. It's a program. It's public. There's an excellent chance the person that you're talking about may very well hear what you're saying. Say it in such a way that you would have the courage to say to them. And if you do have the courage to say something that's negative about someone to someone's face, you don't have to be a jerk about it. You can say, listen, man, you let me down over here. Or I really disagree with you on this. Or... Uh, I really think that you're um, needlessly being divisive on this issue. Um, and they can come back and say, well, I appreciate you saying that, or perhaps you're right, or I disagree, and, and still fellowship with you. As yeah. long as you are sincere, as long as you really do love Christ and really do want to fight the enemy, and in that, a tree is known by its fruit. So whether or not someone truly loves Christ and whether or not they really are harming the enemy, sometimes you just need to listen to what somebody's saying. And before too long, you can hear um, uh, people like uh, you know, Stephen Anderson or um, uh, Bill uh, Schoen. How does he pronounce his last name? 
I got to look him up to make sure I don't butcher his last name. But there are guys out there that um, are saying things that um, you just kind of concerns that they're not on your team. Certainly, Steven Anderson. Um, uh, well, there's some reason why they're propping them up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there, there's some reason why they're not propping you up, Johnny, and propping him up, okay? <laughs> pretty much. I mean, yeah. when you see Steven Anderson repeatedly go on, on, on Alex Jones's show, um, that, that, then you know he's, he, he's getting some, some help. You know he's, he's getting some help, and uh, – um, that's because, really, he's a um, he's a caricature of uh, what really I think the, the Jesuits want us to be. And for instance, his his YouTube channel um, is I think it's S Anderson sixteen eleven. They love to throw it, and, and you, I say this all the time, I hate the King James. I don't hate the King James. I hate Shakespearean gibberish. I have now grown a, a lot of respect for the accuracy of the King James. I just can't stand King, uh, uh, Shakespearean gibberish, and I even more can't stand people that use it to sound righteous. It gets on my nerves no end. However, I'm finding my, myself using it um, more and more on um, where it's needed for clarity. I just don't use it um, excessively because eventually you're going to need a translation for the translation. Mm-hmm. But uh, they love to throw that in a face. Uh, so this guy is, is clearly a caricature. And I'm ready to come right out and say that he's a, um, he's a Jesuit priest, Stephen Anderson. You look at him, the beard, the, the, the close-cropped hair. Um, uh, he looks physically active. And these are the kind of people that you say, you know what, this guy was trained to make us look like fools. He, he clearly was, was trained. And so you have a nose for, you know, you have Anatoly's nose where you can smell, smell people out like that. And um, uh, you, you just, uh, like a tree is, known, tree is known by its fruits, you know. So uh, those are the ones that you can uh, break fellowship with because it was never really there in the first place. But there are so many others, like, like we're talking about today, that, uh, really, just by being humble and not – you have a disagreement, don't make it personal. That's first and foremost, don't make it personal. Um, but, um, you know, there comes a point where you, you only need 300. You know, you only need 300 good men to make a difference, and there's a difference between um, humbling and, 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 and swallowing your pride and, and, and moving on and then saying, well, you know what um, – I'm good. I'm just going to take what I have and move forward with the Lord and ask the Lord to guide me and put people in my path. I'll tell you, I'm, I, I think, I like to think I'm an easy guy to get along with. I like to think that if someone, that, that, that I obey the Lord's rules when he says treat people as you would like to be treated, uh, I like to think that I can easily have a, a sit-down, a man-to-man talk with anybody that disagrees with me, and as long as they're respecting me, I can easily mend fences with them and walk away. And so uh, I put that out there that, people that I've had problems with in the past um, that, that I feel like they have let me down to this very day. And, and, and you know, I'll throw out Rob Skiba because I, I have been I'm walking a knife edge and trying to understand. Rob and I did an interview. It was a video interview for his um, like Revelations Radio, I believe, is a program. And um, 
I've been I've been hurt that uh, he, he's got a lot of coverage, big audience, and I still haven't seen his, his interview posted. And so I'm thinking, well, what is going on? Now, he had some family issues, and he shared those with me. I said, I appreciate that. Uh, it was clear when we did our interview that there should have been a follow-up because there's just so much information. He pulled out of the follow-up interview, and so it doesn't look good. He hasn't posted the interview to my knowledge, and so I've been back and forth with him and sent him a text message, a long text message, encouraging him. He's been in and out of flat earth stuff. He seems like he's kind of like a reed in the wind. Uh, and that he's been influenced by a lot of kickback and a lot of personal attacks he's received from his work on our flat earth cosmology. And so uh, I've, I've been praying for him, and it's hard not to let my pride get the best of me because I'm, I'm angry and I'm hurt that uh, we would have moved forward. He reached out to me, and it's fascinating because according to him, it was a result of the prompting of another name, uh, Dr. Michael Lake. Now, Mike Lake and I did an interview. I was very grateful for that. It was a good interview. I enjoyed it. There was clearly room for a second interview. Mike Lake also backed out of the second interview. He and I were going back and forth. He wanted to talk about Islam. He wanted to actually do the same thing that uh, 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 I think a clear Jesuit plant is uh, the Shabbat family, Walid Shabbat, is now really big on Islam, replacing, oh my goodness, um, Ken Hovind, the same thing on the statue of Nebuchadnezzar, trying to replace one or both of the legs of iron instead of Rome, it's Islam. Well, that's clearly, that's clearly a, a papal subterfuge, a Jesuit subterfuge. And so, uh, and Mike Lake kind of dropped off the map. We never did our second interview, and now it comes up that... Um, that Rob and I did an interview, and he dropped off, didn't even post the first one. And so I put all this out in, in such a way that, listen, if um, I've said things that really it's not a personal attack, I'm hurt and upset that we would have gone to a certain point and, and nothing come of it, and it looks suspicious as if, at the very least, these people know that they would suffer in their personal prosperity, and because of that, have backed away from what I and you consider clear truth. Now, that looks like cowardice. I don't know for sure that's what's going on. I don't know for sure that these people have been intimidated. They've been forced to back down. I don't know. But it looks that way. We know who these players are. We know this is the most powerful malignant force in the world, and the only thing that drives you, me, Eric Phelps, Walt Weiss, and the other good people in this, in this battle is that we love and fear Jesus Christ more than we fear these papal scum, these, these, these Jesuit Satanists. And That's we, we clearly do, obvious because of uh, what your work and my work is, right? I mean, it's <laughs> what we say you know, on, a, on a continuous basis. So obviously, we fear our Lord and Savior more than the satanic system that we're under. So, yeah, I, no, no, and, and I don't say. Go ahead. Amen, brother. I mean, that's, I, I don't, and I don't. Like well, I said, we so few of us at this point. Well, listen, because there are might be still seven thousand of us out there in the world, but we need to stay close to each other, regardless. Brother, I don't know if seven hundred. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, uh, um, 
I, I know of us a handful and a handful of good people that are in my audience that have been in contact with me. But for the most part, excuse me, for the most part, um, the problem is, is that so few people are, are willing to sell out for Jesus Christ. That's the big problem. And that's why the Lord has allowed this Leviathan, this dragon, to get as powerful as it has. That's why the whore has the power that she does. She is serving a purpose. And the purpose is to test and refine and raise up the real bride of Christ. That only someone that really loves Christ, only someone that would sell out for him the way he sold out for us, will have the courage to hit this topic, to hit this enemy head on. We do have to count the cost. And I don't know, I'm sure that if I had superior technological advantages, I could see how they have intervened and caused me harm. I'm pretty suspicious about several things that have happened to me recently. But I don't know. I don't know for sure what the cause of them have been, whether or not that they were um, uh, directly or indirectly related to uh, physical manifestations, or maybe they were, they were spiritual manifestations, but they um, were more circumstantial than they were a particular world organization trying to screw me over. Um, you know, there, there have been things that happened, but, but honestly, I'd, I live for Christ every day, and, and, and I know that if I didn't live for Christ, that if I didn't try to discipline myself and, and, and keep a rein in on my flesh and my sin, that the, if the Lord ever threw me to the, to the enemy, the, the seconds, you know, just like the... Uh, the accusers of Daniel, you use Daniel's example, the accusers of Daniel, both them and their families were thrown in down into the pit that they held the lions, and they didn't even reach the bottom before they were all shredded. You know, that's what happens when the Lord turns you over to the enemy. But if you live for the Lord, he's going to let you get a bloody nose every once in a while. He's going to let you get slapped around every once in a while, but you are completely, 100% in his care. And he's allowing you to get a bloody nose to wake you up. You know, to push you in the right direction and have you go where you need to go. And as long as you're living full out for Jesus Christ, you, you don't have anything to fear, although you will sometimes look down and see the, the raging waters below and you're walking across on a rope bridge in between, a, you know, through, through a canyon there, and you realize, oh, I'm walking on a rope bridge. And um, you're looking down, well, you just stop looking down and look straight ahead and you see Christ on the other side and keep going. Amen. Maybe then in the end we needed to do the show just because of this. Maybe it was just it turned out maybe the show is just about fellowship. The good Lord, the Holy Spirit wanted us to, to continue on what uh, Alan and we had, had talked about last time and, and hit it even more in, in, in greater depth because uh, it's needed. And, and honestly, I, I hope that anybody that is in our field, anyone that is trying to fight this fight with us, that is writing or blogging, or or speaking, podcasting, doing radio shows. Listen, two things. We love the Lord Jesus Christ more than we love ourselves, and we hate the enemy and want to see the enemy do to us, do, do, want to do to the enemy what the enemy is doing to us all these years. Yeah. And so that's all you need. 
If you have those two things, then we are simpatico. We are together. Let's join hands, drive on, and kick some butt. Amen, brother. Well, it sounds like it's, we're going to end it here. It sounds like a good time. So before we go, uh, tell us more about your lecture. It's on the, the, the 27th. I'm going to do the best that I can to be there. Um, shouldn't have no problems. I might end up having to take my son, but <laughs> I will be there. I would love that. I'd love to see both you and your son there. Um, and, and listen, man, whatever you do, if you can't make it, you can't make it. But the Lord will provide us another opportunity to get You know together. what? There's so, there's so few of us. And, and hopefully I don't disappoint you too much when you see me. <laughs> but well, you know what? But just re- you know, remember, there's so literally, it, it, we're just a couple raindrops right now in a vast sea of insanity. But we still support each other on what the true battle is. And once again, um, we can slowly make a difference, you know. Amen. It's, not, it's Amen. not about it's not about me, and it's not about you, it's about our Lord. So tell us more about your the day, location, and time. I know you can also go to the, your website and find as well. But this sure, show. yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's going to be on the Lord willing, because there have been a lot of things coming down the pike that have <laughs> seemed to threaten this. But yeah. uh, Lord willing, it'll be on the twenty sixth of September. That should be a Saturday. Oh, so 26th, not the 27th. Why didn't I just Correct. The 26th, it's a Saturday, and it'll be at Calvary Chapel of Lima, Ohio there, Pastor Mike Spaulding. Great guy, good friend, love him a lot. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to hit these topics all day. We're going to start with uncovering the, who the whore of Babylon is, all of the many woes of America and the world, and giving those names, places, and dates that no one has heard before, unless you're in our audience. Uh, we're going to talk about the, um, the heresies the Jesuits have created to cover their tracks, praetorism, futurism, uh, the role of Israel is what I've been working on the past couple of days. Uh, who is Israel? Who are the heirs of the promise? Who is modern Israel? What role, if any, does modern Israel play? What is our modern cosmology? What is evolution? What is the Big Bang? How did they come about? What is the heliocentric universe? What is flat Earth? And we're going to discuss all these things in ways that will give, hopefully give the audience the tools they need to look these things up for themselves, and, and I hope to convince them before they even get to that point with the references and citations that I use, that they've been living a lie and that they've been pushed in a matrix on purpose, enslaved by this, this whore of Babylon to keep them down. And, and that's my goal, is to wake up as many people as possible because when they wake up, they're going to get mad. They're, they're going to get angry because these are things that they should have known, they should have been told that even their own pastors, with the exceptions of, uh, of good people, good men like, like Mike Spaulding, who willing to step out on a limb and allow me to, to talk about this stuff, um, have kept this information at the bare minimum, like we've been talking, brother, at the bare minimum because the cost is too heavy. The cost of the truth is too heavy. And therefore, 
these people have remained knowingly silent. And so um, that's the stuff that we're going to uh, discuss. And it was, by the way, Ezekiel 33 is the law of the watchman on the wall of whether or not when you're presented with the truth, what do you do with it? You're presented with the truth. Here are the real dangers. Here are the root causes of all of America's woes. Here are the root causes of the slavery around the world, the pain, trauma, rape, murder, enslavement, theft, um, poisoning, cancer, the, the, the devaluing of the dollar, the forcing of um, wives and moms to go out into the workforce, the literal slavery, the, the, the legal system that the, there's a, a book that is on my to-buy list that's something like three times a day. Um, I'll pull it up real quick. Um, yeah. Definitely, you know, it's just really important. And if we can learn to, to channel our, enemy, our anger at the at true enemy and not at each other, we'll have some success. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um, three felonies a day. And I believe the author is um, Harvey Silver. Harvey Silver Glate is what appears to be the author. And he has no clue what we're talking about, but he, he is aware of the sickening overabundance of laws and regulations that if the beast decides to target you, uh, the purpose for the all-seeing eye is blackmail. It has nothing to do with security. Is blackmail. The all-seeing eye, they can eavesdrop on you. We allow traitors from local law enforcement up to the highest federal agencies to eavesdrop on us with impunity in direct abrogation of our, our constitutional rights. And because they eavesdrop on us with impunity, they have all of this this massive, sickening web of laws and regulations and executive orders and bureaucracies that you break three felonies a day, whether you even know it or not. All they have to do is target you, and then they can find the requisite laws and regulations you've broken and do you in. It's that easy. And so... Who is responsible for that? And great example. They slaughtered Sean F. Kennedy, blew his brains out next to him. He sat next to his wife in broad daylight. Who has the power to do that? Do, do you think that Lee Harvey Oswald is the one that did that? Or perhaps you have watched that very excellent movie, JFK, by that communist Catholic coadjutor, uh, Oliver Stone, and it was still a fantastic movie. In the same way that Mel Gibson was was coached by Jesuits, and he put out a fantastic movie. Uh, but JFK, do you do you believe, as JFK very accurately portrayed, that our own government, that the CIA, was behind the slaughter of of Kennedy? Well, if that's possible, if the CIA was able to blow the brains out in broad daylight of a sitting president, and get away with it. How is it possible that a supposed target of the CIA after all these years 
Fidel Castro and the entire Castro family, Raul and all his ilk over there, should escape the same level of wrath? Well, I have the answer. We'll talk about that on September 26th over there at Calvary Chapel, Lima, Ohio. And, uh, and, and again, and we'll, we'll throw out some teasers on uh, what I've been working on the past couple of days. Who is Israel? Turns out that uh, all of this stuff, that uh, the pre-tribulation rapture, dispensationalism, Christian Zionism, this stuff that has come up relatively recently, modern Israel as a nation state, this can all be traced back to um, Margaret MacDonald, the Luciferian supposed, uh, you know, soothsayer, and on to John, John Nelson Darby and Cyrus Schofield and his Schofield um, study Bible there. Relatively recent that, that, that really Jesuits can be traced to this as well. In 1767, uh, a Catholic priest, uh, Manuel de la Cunza de Idias, masqueraded as a, as a Jewish rabbi because they, they, that's their, their modus operandi, that's what they do, hide behind Jews, to create uh, a lot of these heresies. Um, and uh, praetorism and futurism, Francisco de Berra, that pulls Rome out from having fulfilled so much of prophecy, and the Jews themselves, apostate Jews, who have wiped Yeshua out of the scriptures, that have really fulfilled Christ's condemnation of them as the synagogue of Satan to rewrite Daniel. Daniel doesn't even qualify as a prophet any longer because Daniel chapter 9 so clearly speaks of Christ. Um, who is modern Israel? What, who fulfills those prophecies? Who, who are the heirs of Abraham? Your Bible tells you. Your yeah. Bible tells you, and, and we're going to get into that. Pre-tribulation rapture. I don't have to use the, um, opinion or, or extra-biblical sources. We will look at very, very, very clear biblical texts that tell you you've been had. <laughs> yeah. so, Actually, you know, if you're, you know, if you're still interested, we still can uh, – I know you're busy. Well, Wait a minute. You got some downtime. We can still, if you want to do another show this week on, on this particular topic. Is well, I, yeah, let's, let's, uh, and, and I have, we can do it um, as soon as you're ready. It doesn't have to wait until uh, another Sunday morning at this time. I've got all the stuff lined up. I've got the notes down, and I'm just going to continue to work on it until we talk again. You want to do Wednesday? Let's do Wednesday. Same time, or do you want a different time? Same time, yeah, sure. Same time is great. If it's later... If I can pull it off and do, if we can do it like at eight or nine, I can get more, I can get some people in in the chat room too as well. So yeah, okay. Uh, you know, uh, I would say we can we can do it. Uh, we can do it eight. Let's not uh, eight eight Eastern. Let's do eight Eastern and uh, and let's not things, do any more things. Than... Are, things are slowly picking up on my show. I mean, I'm not huge at all, but uh, this week is going to be over six hundred downloads, which means it's probably good. Two good, good, times good. the number of people actually listening. Downloads means you actually wasted, excuse me, you need to waste it. You exerted your time to actually download and put it in your computer, you know what I mean? Outstanding. <laughs> listening and, and downloading two different things. So I always go about it downloads because that shows that a person cares enough to actually put it in their computer or their uh, MP3 player, etc. So that's what really counts to me. So 
that's not that's not praise for me or anything like that, but you know, the opportunities for other people like yourself to be heard. Amen, brother. We're, we're doing our fair share. We're all doing our share, and and uh, so that's that's a date. It's still Wednesday, and we'll call it. Uh, what are we gonna call it? Uh, heirs of the promise. Who are the heirs of the promise? Heirs of the promise. Okay. So we'll do that. That'd be nicely. I mean, because that's something that I spent a lot of time on the show, anyways, talking about. So I think it'd be a nice tie-in. People who listen to the show will like that, and then uh, a little warm-up for you, I guess, if you need that's it. Standing. And as far as I mean, yeah, I'd love to hear what you have to say, bro. So I, selfishly, I want to do it for myself. So. Back at you, brother. Back at you. I enjoy listening to you too. So yeah, Johnny. Once again, Johnny. This is Johnny Cerucci, the author of Illuminati Unmasked. Um. You can purchase that through his website, johnnysearch.com. You can listen to his show. You'll be able to listen to this show on there. And hopefully I will be able to send it over to Johnny today and not have to wait six days. <laughs> that's not, yeah. And I know for certain, Johnny, they censored it. And I think there's an issue that they have with us. Because, I mean, I've had other uh, guests who have kind of problems, but never and all the recordings that I've done have ever had this one problem with this one show. I, even the shows after I recorded were, went up relatively reasonably, within a day. That show it took six days. Squirt yeah. somebody's sensory. And I it's think there's a problem. I think, they, I think they have an issue with you and I because not only talking the subject matter, but there's a potential maybe in their mind to think that, you know. Have a few, it's potent, I, man. It's potent. You bet couple other guys like you and I get together, we unify and start really spreading the message and staying committed. Very dangerous. That's, that's the real threat. That's the true threat. Very dangerous. Everything, if, if we can t- tumble their house of cards, we can really make a difference in the world. And, make and it is. It is a house of cards. I'll tell you, they, they, they move forward. They have a locked grip, but as soon as there's a crack, they're done. They're done. That one central card wavers a little bit. It is a house of cards. It will all fall down. Amen, okay, folks, once again, this is Johnny Sarucci. Johnny, just stay on while well, I end the, the recording part of it. And God bless and take care, folks. If you can, uh, get over there uh, to Lima, Ohio and see Johnny. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.